Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Iconic, legendary, come on, guys. The NCAA tournament has been around for so long with so many memorable moments. And yes, the other night was great. Gonzaga, UCLA, Jalen Suggs, the 33-footer. But one of the best, if not the best of all time, come on. No way. Coquel, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and the Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. On this Monday on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app, or on your smart speaker, hey Alexa, hey Siri, hey Google Play, ESPN 106.3, we're in the ESPN West Palm, Anna John Levine, Accident Attorney Studios from the Phillips Point Towers in downtown West Palm Beach, right off the sparkly intercoastal. I'm Ken Levicka. He's Chris Kokel. Want to talk to us? Call at 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, and tweet at the show at ESPN West. Palm Ken Levicka Live, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 21 years of preparing students for jobs in the sports industry. Find out more at fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Dr. Jim Reardon, thank you. Kokel, we are finally off the ground. Weekend good? Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure we're on the air because I went from you are panic stricken, dopey man. co-host talking to a mic to blinkity lights, and I, I'm just making sure we're here. I don't want to, you know, I love talking to you one on one, but I'd rather talk to the masses. I am so thrilled that you are not an airline pilot because the amount of nervousness, the sweat, uh, the the absolute angst that's permeating off of you right now is almost downright distracting. So again, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get the pleasantries out of the way since this is the debut of Ken Levick Alive. I promise you this isn't going to be a forever thing. But hey, we're new to noon. I'm Ken Levick, a voice of FAU. I've been at ESPN West Palm forever, 15 years in fact. Previously, Josh Cohen and the home team, and here I am. Here we are at noon. Chris Coquel, by the way, long-time high school football coach in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. Not exactly successful, but uh, he coached. With that, we can confirm. Uh, and someone who is going to be along for this adventure here, however long it lasts, at noon on ESPN 106.3. I wanted today, Coquel, to uh, bring everybody into my sports bosom, truly, for the first time, to comfort them. I wanted them to get a feel for how caring, loving, and thoughtful I could be. But these same people I wanted to bring into my sports bosom have also forced me to do what I'm about to do. Oh, no. Saturday night, UCLA, Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs, the game winner. I mean, that is sports at its finest. That's what makes you feel good about humanity, about society, and about the fact that you're a sports fan. 
Okay? All of those things make you feel good. But because of this recency bias leap to try and make things all-time excellent, all-time great, this is the best thing ever, the hyperbole, uh, this is the supreme moment compared to this moment, I have to throw cold water on this Gonzaga parade. Jalen Suggs 3 was awesome. Was it the greatest of all time? No. Was it the best shot of all time? No. Let's go ahead and listen back. This is how you heard it Saturday on ESPN 106.3. The final moment, overtime, Gonzaga-UCLA Final Four. To go. Six seconds. Juzang in the paint. Fade away. No. Got his own rebound. Slithers to the rim and lays it in. Three seconds to go. We're tied at 90. Here comes Suggs. Long three for the win. Oh! Banks at home. Banks at home. Jalen Suggs. A deep The Kevin Kugler, great call here on ESPN 106.3 again, and you can listen to tonight's national championship game, Baylor and Gonzaga, right here on ESPN 106.3. So I see that shot, and about five minutes of the aftermath, and I turn it off saying, you know what, that was excellent. That was a really good college basketball game. I'm glad I saw that. I actually had dozed off for the final five minutes of the second half, woke up with a minute 30 left to go in overtime. That was good timing. Thank you, body. Thank you, circadian rhythms. So... Then, let me introduce you to the first tweet that I saw upon waking up Sunday morning. This from Darren Rovell of the Action Sports Network. Start to finish, this might have been the greatest game in NCAA tournament history. History! The NCAA tournament has been around for decades and decades and decades and decades, okay? And you're going to tell me that Gonzaga and UCLA in a pandemic bubble, was the greatest NCAA tournament game of all time with guys that, yes, are very good players. Johnny Juzang, who uh, scored the game-tying bucket for UCLA. Jalen Suggs, the uh, highest-rated player ever recruited by Gonzaga, guy who's going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, but these aren't household names. There aren't... We could open up the phones and, and ask 200 people, hey, have you heard of those guys before Saturday? And they'd have said no. Okay. The greatest game in NCAA tournament history? No way. I mean, that is just epic hyperbole. And so I woke up to that, and that immediately put me in a bad mood. Because it brought me to Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, NCAA tournament final, Michigan State, Indiana State. It brought me to Duke, Kentucky, Elite Eight, Christian Leitner shot. It also brought me to five damn years ago... When the national championship game, Coquel, was decided by this shot. Trying to go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. By the way, that highlight cracks me up because you would think that bombs were going off in Houston after that. Lay off the pyrotechnics, NCAA. Put the money elsewhere, like paying the players. Anyways, uh, that, that happened five years ago. Villanova and North Carolina, two college basketball powers in an epic championship game that was decided by a three, a buzzer beater. How short memories we have that five years ago a national title was decided by a buzzer beater. That game is epic compared to what we saw in the Final Four. And then let me bring to you the second tweet. 
that infuriated me on Sunday morning. And again, I'm not trying to crap on Gonzaga. I'm not trying to crap on Jalen Suggs. It's not what me, nice old Ken Levick, is mm. trying to do, okay? I have warmth in my heart. Lay off of Jay Sizzle. Here's Nate Silver of 538. He tweets, most famous, iconic college basketball game since Duke, Kentucky. Nate. I mean, that one hurts my head more than greatest game ever in the NCAA tournament. Most iconic, most famous, iconic college basketball game since Duke and Kentucky. And by the way, let's relive Duke and Kentucky and just listen to the names involved in this highlight, okay? With a quick pass to half court and call a quick timeout so they can get in better shooting range. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Four and one quiz on the call. Christian Leitner, arguably the greatest college basketball player of all time. Grant Hill throws the pass on the sideline. You have Rick Pitino and you have Coach K. That's iconic. There were icons in that game, okay? We're talking true NBA pros who had been there for three, four years, had developed legacies at those schools. That's iconic. What else is iconic? Oh, I don't know. Bryce Drew beating Ole Miss, Valpo, the Pacer play. That is just as iconic, if not more, than Jalen Suggs dribbling it across half court and hitting a 33-footer, okay? Uh, how about Illinois coming back from down 15 in four minutes' time against Arizona, Elite Eight 2005, uh, in front of a raucous Old State Arena Chicago crowd, a home crowd for Illinois, erasing that going to overtime. Darren Williams involved in that. That's iconic. D. Brown, player of the year. That's iconic. Luther Head involved in that. Uh, that's iconic. Stoudemire on the Arizona side. Uh, I, I mean, you're talking about college basketball royalty in that game. Not to mention... You have all of these different approaches to how you could look at this. I just jotted this down on Sunday, Coquel. I just jotted down all of these games, including Duke and Butler. Remember that? Gordon Hayward misses the half-court shot that would have beat Duke. Indiana over Duke, Sweet 16, 2002. Who could ever forget the ginger Tom Coverdale leading the Hoosiers to victory there? That was at Rupp Arena. How about UCLA and Gonzaga? A previous iteration that left Adam Morrison crying on the floor with a, a, a birth to the Final Four on the line. That Adam Morrison crying on the floor is more iconic than Jalen Suggs beating UCLA on Saturday night. How about Kansas and Memphis? Mario Chalmers, heat legend, hitting a three to tie at force overtime, beating Derrick Rose, the one and done with Memphis. All of those more iconic. There's got to be player acumen. There has to be superstar acumen. They have to have already solidified a college basketball legacy to be iconic. I'm not trying to undercut what happened on Saturday, but what I'm saying is that this hyperbole is absurd, that it's it is such a reach to say greatest anything with this. Greatest moment, greatest game, most iconic game. Can't we enjoy the moment without going absolutely insane, declaring it the best ever? To you, was Saturday, Final Four, Gonzaga, UCLA, Jalen Suggs winner, the greatest game in NCAA tournament history? Was it the most iconic game since Duke, Kentucky? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm not trying to be bring March Sadness to March Madness. I'm not trying to do any of those things. 
But can we just enjoy the moment for what it is, a well-played NCAA tournament game? Truly, to this point, the only great NCAA tournament game this entire season, the only one that packed any sort of certifiable drama in the final moments, just enjoy it without announcing and declaring that it's the greatest of all time. Was it the greatest game in NCAA tournament history? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Gonzaga, UCLA, Saturday, Final Four. Where do you stand on this? Was it just a good NCAA tournament game? That's what it was. These were two good teams, fun teams, throwing haymakers. It was competitive all 45 minutes. The largest lead in the second half was Gonzaga by seven. It was never a comeback. It was never anything that was jaw-dropping. It was good basketball. But to say it's the most iconic since Duke and Kentucky, please spare me. Ken Levick Alive is brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 21 years of grooming the sports executives of tomorrow. Find out information on their summer semester classes, also their full semester, and they also are providing online learning as well. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. We've talked about the game. We've talked about where it ranks in terms of iconic college basketball moments. But what about the shot? Where does Jalen Suggs' shot rank in terms of NCAA buzzer beaters? I think you have an idea of where I'm going with this. He's Chris Kokal. I'm Ken Lavica, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short, choosing the rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! Yes! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. We are just blowing it out. Gonzaga, UCLA, epic, greatest. It will never be topped. Can we just breathe? Come on. Can't you just enjoy things, man? I mean, let, let us enjoy one thing in life. But everything is the greatest. My God. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's because for the last year, life has sucked. We've been cooped up in our homes, and we're just grasping at some sort of amazingness to latch on to. Maybe I'm being the one who's anti-humanity here. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. Not surprisingly. Ken, it was a great moment. Honestly, out of all the basketball games I watched all year, that was by far the best. All the college basketball How many games. college basketball games have you watched this year? That one I watched last night was the best. Well, it wasn't last night, first of all. Yeah, unless it, you're talking about the Women's National Championship. Yeah, I was, man. I'm not sexist, thank you. No, 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 hold on. Have you watched anything over a half of college basketball? Have you even watched a full college basketball game? That's Why is that relevant here? That I don't see the so... relevance in your question. All I know is iconic. Jay Sizzle at the buzzer, <laughs> kiss Sizzle. off the glass, boom. You are a complete fraud. And my Poor Zags are headed yeah. to the championship. It was the most obvious damn thing ever. You haven't even watched a full college basketball game this year. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. He is Chris Kokel, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. I want to get into the shot for a second because as sports talk radio dorks, of course we're going to dissect the actual shot, the singular shot, and put it in rankings and uh, try and make this a... Uh, a, 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 what we like to do is on a day like this, 
um, we just start ranking things. Like that's our go-to is sports talk radio. <laughs> we just rank, we just rank things. That's all we do. College basketball teams, college basketball shots, uh, college basketball hairstyles. That's what we do. Uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. And don't forget, we're podcasted. You can go ahead what? and subscribe to Ken Levick alive wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Just make sure to subscribe, rate us, and listen after the show as well. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. And so let's discuss the Jalen Suggs shot. Okay. And I don't, I don't want to do the typical sports talk radio thing where we have a big board in here and where we're using Velcro to put up the individual shots and rank them and take photos and make social media content out of those. The Jalen Suggs shot was excellent. I mean, think about it, Coquel. Uh, you and I had lackluster athletic careers, okay? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's I averaged 10 yards a carry in high school. Really? Three carries, 30 yards, baby. <laughs> One of them was 17 yards. I didn't realize you were only three carries. In, oh, man, that is... Well, it, at least you made the most of yeah. your, uh, your three carries. One of them you can literally hear on film, the coach called the run play, and you hear the coach go... Oh no, Coquel's in the game? Because he was supposed to be for the other four back. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help you get recruited no, when that no. comes over your film. Oh, by the way, it was one of them 28 yards and then a one yard and a one yard. <laughs> one carry. was 17 and then one was eight. The other one I got stuffed. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, but I would have been puking all over myself going into overtime, okay? And we've oh. talked about this. I've talked about this before on ESPN 106.3. If I ever had to go to the free throw line in late moments like Johnny Juzang did uh, for UCLA with 40 seconds left and drain two free throws, there would be vomit all over my shoes. So there's no way I'd be able to do what Jalen Suggs did and dribble across half court, pull up from 33 feet, and drill a three to send your team into the Final Four. But in the pantheon of all-time great college basketball NCAA tournament shots, not even that is the greatest of all time. So even just focusing on buzzer beaters, okay, buzzer beaters, and not um, late shots that may have forced overtime or won a game. The Bryce Drew Valpo, and full disclosure, I am a Valpo grad, so this is a bit biased for me, but the pacer play, full court, baseball heave to the opposite three-point stripe that's caught in midair in one motion, throwing to Bryce Drew for a three from the right wing to beat Ole Miss. That, that execution, that buzzer beater exceeds what Jalen Suggs did, dribbling across half court, squaring up and getting off a very good look. Because I'm not going to skip Bayless this. I don't know if you saw Skip Bayless's tweets about lucky shot. Lucky shot. That was a lucky shot. There was nothing lucky about that shot. Jalen Suggs isn't Damian Lillard, but every other night, Damian Lillard is pulling up from 35, 40 feet and just drilling threes. In this era of college basketball, it certainly can be done. And it's not like Jalen Suggs dribbled across half court, turned his back to the basket, then kicked it over his head into the basket. That would be a lucky shot. And incredible, by the way. And that would be the greatest shot of no, all he's, time. No, he squared his shoulders. Yeah. He was set. Was it long? Yes. Was he trying to bank it? Probably not. But like their coach said after he the game. He had a great look. He's done that a lot of times in practice. And players do Anyone who's been around a high school gym, knows that when the coaches aren't there, this is what the players do. Right. They count down and they throw up these shots from all different parts of the court. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself up here as the play by play voice of FAU football and basketball. I see the FAU basketball team do that constantly. The late game situations, pulling up from half court, pulling up from forty feet, uh, and making these threes. Th- those are designed plays. Jalen Suggs all he did was dribble across half court and put up a a, a good look. 
can I blame the defense? Because they kind of got complacent and they gave him a free lane. Well, the to last that shot. thing, but the last thing you want to do is fall in that spot. I know, but couldn't they have gotten on him? Like, where was everybody after they scored? Turn around. He got like a real yeah. good path to get there. Well, they probably could have tried to defend him in the backcourt. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's they, what I'm saying. They could have slowed it up back there. That's where I'm more worried. The shot sure. itself, like at that point, you can't foul him, so you got to kind of just let it ride. But don't let him get to that. Point. Yeah, he did get a red carpet to uh, to about forty feet before someone finally stepped up, which surprised me because I haven't seen UCLA do that in transition at all all year long. They hadn't been that bad. <laughs> Oh, you're annoying already, and we're 24 minutes in. Uh, as, far as, as far as buzzer beaters are concerned, too, like Tyus Edney, UCLA, Mizzou, in the round of 32, UCLA would go on to win a national championship that year, but Tyus Edney dribbled the length of the floor off the inbound, went behind his back at the top of the key, then drove down the right side of the lane and hit a fadeaway off the glass to win. He went the length of the floor in 4.8 seconds and beat Mizzou to advance UCLA into the Sweet 16. That degree of difficulty is a significantly better buzzer beater than Jalen Suggs' good look from 33 feet. Now, do you get more points if your team is losing when you take the shot? Because that's key. Because missing that <laughs> shot, there's no pressure, right? Because yeah. you miss, you go into double overtime. Well, if you're losing, yes. does that matter? It does. It does because you're you're dead if you don't make it. That I think that certainly comes into the equation for sure. This game, uh, Suggs sitting there with a tie <laughs> game, what any pressure? That's the thing. It, 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 the worst case, in the worst case, this is going to double overtime for yeah. Gonzaga, unless Jalen Suggs fell down in the backcourt, someone scooped it up and laid it in for the game-winning basket. That wasn't going to happen once he got himself to half court. There just wasn't going to be enough time. But you're right. If we're truly grading this out, and boy, are we being nerds right now, but if you're grading it out, coming the shot, putting you on top, it does loom fairly large. What about Rip Hamilton, UConn, and Washington uh, with UConn seven shots at the rim, offensive rebound after offensive rebound, Rip Hamilton falling to the floor, his back's nearly touching the floor at the free throw line. He drains it to advance UConn into the next round. Degree of difficulty on that is more than Jalen Suggs. All I'm saying is that it doesn't need to be the greatest of all time. It doesn't need to be most iconic like Nate Silver wants to try and make the case for, for it to be a great sports moment. But do we have to rank it? Do we have to declare it X is the greatest since Y or X is the single greatest? Like To me, that just ruins the moment. I thought it was a really well-played college basketball game in an era of college basketball where the sport's never going to be the same because of the one and done. I truly think college basketball would be better if you had players that were going to be there two, three, four years, let the kids that are good enough from high school jump to the league, go to the G League, and have some consistency. Right now, we're not in that spot. So I don't think anything that happens in this college basketball era, other than a complete uh, complete freak conglomeration of circumstances, Upstart Butler, the spunky kids from Indy with the, the, the gangly white guys, their best player in Gordon Hayward, trying to knock down uh, the uh, emperors of the sport, Duke. That was a great story. That was a great storyline. But how often are we ever going to have that again? This was not that. This was a great moment. It's not the 
greatest moment. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Tweet at the show, at ESPN West Palm. It's Ken Levick alive. The only problem I have, though, is we keep saying we want these players to stay longer and it becomes more iconic, right? Because that's the feeling you have. Like, I even think back to Khalid El Amin's shot and his dominating performance for UConn as well. The names that stuck with you as your childhood mm-hmm. because you saw them for a couple years. But it, it hurts players now where if they don't leave right away, even if it's for reasons of just wanting to stay oh. for a degree, the scouts now say, hey, there's something wrong. Why didn't he come out earlier? Now all of a sudden your draft stock goes down right. by staying long. But that's my point is that college basketball is probably never going to be the same. It's not going to be the household names of Leitner and Hurley and Mashburn and uh, Jason Williams and even a Khalid El Amin, UConn, who you just mentioned. It's never going to be that anymore. And that's okay. College basketball is going to survive that. It's okay. But, but the it, one and thones can do it too. You, you think of Melo, right? You think of Melo in his freshman year at Syracuse. Well, that performance was thought of as one of the best ever. Everything he did for them. Yeah, but I also think that uh, while Carmelo Anthony became a household name in the NBA, again, it's a great it's a great story for Syracuse people. And Carmelo Anthony, what he did at Syracuse is is amplified more because of what he turned into in the NBA. Yeah, I also just realized I went to school at the time, forty five minutes from Syracuse. That probably why it factors more in my you brain and my memories. Yeah, you were caught up in the Syracuse hoopla. Like I remember it absolutely, and. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was a legit star, and he panned out. He lived up to all five-star expectations. But there was nothing individually um, out of that run, except for the the late block in that championship game, that stands out to you as, ah, that was iconic. That was amazing. Like, college basketball's not, just not that anymore. It's not 90s college basketball. It's not early 2000s college basketball anymore. So don't let the college basketball lovers try and stuff it down your throat they can go love college basketball and they should i love college basketball but i'm also cognizant of the fact that it's not the 90s it's not the miles simon arizona lute olsen run going to win a national championship all things that stuck with me at the pan in the the apex of my sports fandom it's not that now the one and done has eliminated that so jalen suggs you can feel good about it it was a great moment and Damn it, did we need it coming off of how terrible the last year has been. Like, that was awesome. That was awesome. All that pent-up, holy hell, this happened. This is great. But it doesn't mean it has to be the greatest. If they lose, does it take away? Because I think if they lose, it just gets kind of erased. It's not going to be as right. iconic ever. Let, it's, a, it's a good point. And maybe. Maybe it does. But just from personal perspective, okay, and me, Chicagoland guy, grew up a huge Illinois fan. Let me go back to a game I've already mentioned, and that's 2005 Elite Eight Illinois, Arizona, where the Illini, one loss on the season, playing a home game at Allstate Arena uh, in Chicago, okay? They were down 15 with four minutes left. They come all the way back. Darren Williams hits a three with 40 seconds left to tie the game. Place is going berserk. Jay Billis and Dick Enberg are on the call. It's big time. All right. Um, that sticks out to me. That win over Arizona in overtime. Luther had D. Brown, um, uh, Darren Williams, the greatest Illinois team of all time. That stands out more to me than their loss a week later to North Carolina. Sean May, Roy Williams, that outstanding North Carolina team. And what was a, that to me is still the most hyped national championship game college basketball has seen. Um, uh, tonight's going to be good, Baylor and Gonzaga. But, Coquel, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I kind of am. Name one player on Baylor. <laughs> oh, Smith. 
<laughs> exactly. Like Baylor has been number one all season long, or for the most part. They have been the most dominant team, even though Gonzaga is the undefeated team. But this doesn't have a ton of hype to it. It's going to be great theater. But there's not a ton of hype to it. There's more hype to it because of how Gonzaga and UCLA ended the other night. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Uh, 920 is your tip-off tonight, by the way, here on ESPN 106.3 for Gonzaga and UCLA. And that brings me to this quickly. Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. <laughs> okay, good. You are clearly looking at your phone. Uh, that doesn't count at all. Where's the same number as Donovan Mitchell? I've been all over that. They're related. They're cousins. They're not cousins, are they? You're just making things yeah. up, and that's absolutely pathetic that you would mislead the audience like that mm. uh, looking at your phone. That's their fault uh, for it listening. Was pretty obvious you were looking at your phone as well. Um, 920 tonight. The odds that you watch all 40 minutes or 40 minutes and change of this national championship game tonight is what? Um, if it's a good game, possibly I'll probably jump in right at the beginning of the game, but I could very easily see myself jumping out if it gets out of hand. And by out of hand, I mean, four points one way. Or the other. <laughs> I, there is a better chance of me catching the end after I set an alarm than me watching all 40 minutes. I assure you I'm asleep by nine and waking up in the second half sometimes. See, here's the problem. I would normally watch it because we have this show at noon now, Ken Livick Alive, which you can get the podcast wherever podcasts are found, but I'm off tomorrow. I'm already taking a day off because I'm getting my second vaccine shot. So, like, I don't really plan on uh, doing sports. We're going to get to that because I am furious that you're, we talked about one and dones in college basketball. Like, you're legit one and done on the show this week. I hope not done, but possibly I could get Wally. You are the radio debut equivalent of one and done. But again, 920 Eastern time tip tonight here on ESPN 106.3. My message to the NCAA, and it's been a bad last couple of weeks for the NCAA, uh, give the women some weights, okay? Uh, Pay the players, okay? But this is egregious as well. You don't owe the West Coast anything. I don't care that Gonzaga's in the game. I don't care that the Pac-12 is the best conference in the NCAA tournament. I don't care that there are major metropolises in Pacific time, L.A., Seattle, Portland, Vegas. I don't care. It's all about the Eastern time zone. If the Pacific time zone deserved to get a sporting event designed for their convenience, they would have been discovered first. That's right. That's right. We wouldn't have needed wagon trains to head out west. Wagons. Who even uses wagons anymore? And gold rushes to uh, revolutionize living out in the Pacific Northwest and in the West period. It's all about the East Coast. It's probably for another day, but I wish there was still frontier I could go live in and leave. (laughs) You ever think about that? Like, I just (laughs) wish I could leave, like, this society and kind of just be like, hey, I'm just going to make a left turn and head out there. There's space. Call Elon Musk. He's a fraud. Eight eight what eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero ESPN. When we return, Major League Baseball has moved the All Star Game. It will not be in Atlanta. That has made many people upset, but that's just old fashioned all American capitalism, baby. Is our big guest coming on to talk about it? We'll t- discuss that in a second. He's Chris Cocal. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN one zero six three. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... That's right, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, presenting sponsor of Ken LaVica Live. Major League Baseball, they went bold. 
We're going to have an all-star game. Where? We're not sure. We know it's not going to be in Georgia. Ken Levick alive. I am the aforementioned. He's Chris Coquel, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Tomorrow, Chris Coquel will be uh, gone. He's taking mm-hmm. uh, an off day. I need some time on, off. Uh, taking an off day on day two of, uh, of this new show. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of that uh, in about 10 minutes' time. So Major League Baseball decided to make a decision that they knew was going to be unpopular. Rob Manfred, the commissioner... Uh, I'm sure understood the type of backlash that was coming, the amount of exclamation point written press releases that were going to be coming his way, the blowback, because everything in the United States is fury on one side, fury on another side, buzzwords like cancel culture and communism, all of those things are thrown around, and all of those things have been thrown around over the last couple of days. It's red, it's blue, it's extreme on both sides. Major League Baseball, though, and I'm going to give them credit, and this has nothing to do with the politics, okay? I have my thoughts on this politically. The Georgia um, election bill that was passed last week, Coquel. Follow Ken at KLV1063 for those political <laughs> views. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but from a pure decision standpoint, what Major League Baseball did was A, within their rights, B, because corporate sponsors put pressure on them to do so, private corporate sponsors put pressure on them to do so, and C, was not an example of cancel culture, whatever that is. Major League Baseball did everything within its rights correctly here based on what the businesses that it works with wanted to have happen. So take the politics out of it for a moment, however you feel about the Georgia elections overhaul and the bill that was signed and passed into law, Major League Baseball did nothing wrong here from a pure business standpoint. And so what is um, perplexing to me is that you have a large portion of this country that is all about capitalism and free enterprise and separation of business from the state separation of business from the government that's the point of capitalism that that's its core it's private entities like i said that's free enterprise that's the legitimate definition of free enterprise okay so major league baseball is a billion dollar business if you add up all of the revenues that are brought in on a typical year not a pandemic year from gate money from merchandise from television deals, from local cable network deals with its corresponding baseball teams. It's a billion-dollar business. And because of capitalism, because of the way the economy is set up in the United States, private businesses decide to partner with this billion-dollar business, some of them in their own right billion-dollar businesses, to expand their brand, to market to associate themselves with something that millions and millions of Americans tune into, consume, in order to be a part 
of the continued capitalistic process. So as soon as Major League Baseball listens to and hears the concerns of these private corporate entities that are put off by the new Georgia elections bill, the new law, and Major League Baseball makes a decision, the same people that are pro-capitalism and pro-free enterprise and pro-private corporate responsibility, they get pissed off. And I'm not sure how to fully consume that considering it's the apex of hypocritical thought and behavior he threw 101 miles per hour and hit a home run in the same inning last night that is amazing we're not talking about shohai otani we're talking about the all-star game i mean to be a pitcher be able to throw that hard and then hit a home run that is like what if in the same inning and i know he limped at the end are you concerned about his injury like i'm a little worried he's hurt he got hurt towards the end of the game can someone sustain doing both so anyways you have an entire population in this country, a political spectrum, uh, a, a, a an outlook on society that embraces, loves in a passionate way. Way like, too early to be upset about the Yankees being 1-2 and two right now. A tough 3-1 loss to the Blue Jays. It's early. The way capitalism works. And then, and then as soon as Major League Baseball and its private corporate sponsors want something done free enterprise actually is wrong and it's cancel culture and major league baseball how dare they and i don't want you patronizing said airline i don't want you patronizing said beverage company i don't think philly can go undefeated this year but three and oh to start the season like if you're in philadelphia you have to be happy coquel you're driving me insane well i mean the astros are they gonna be booed all year can we get over it it was like two years ago Maybe longer, actually, but feels like an eternity. I don't even know time anymore. Major like League Baseball, pandemic, huh? Major League Baseball took a stand, and by taking a stand, they did the right thing. They listened to corporate sponsors, and you might not like it. You may not agree with the stance on how they feel about the basis of why Major League Baseball left Georgia and is no longer playing the All-Star game there, but they took a stand, and... In this day and age, in this era, you got to stand for something. If you don't stand for anything, you're doing it wrong. Major League Baseball did everything the right way with this, and they took a bold stand. And it's not cancel culture, by the way. And man, does that annoyingly get thrown around all over the place. The All-Star game is still happening, Coquel. There's still going to be an All-Star game. It might be in Pittsburgh. And it's probably going to be a lot of Orioles. 3-0 and to start the season, leading the AL East. Might Great be in start. Chicago. It might be in Baltimore, but it's not going to be in Georgia. And Major League Baseball, well within its rights to do that. You're okay with corporations making their own decisions without government interference until those in charge in government get pissed off because what they did was popular. Or it was completely unpopular. It's amazing how that works. I know. I really, I'm sorry I've been jumping around, but let's get into this Georgia thing. I mean, Atlanta... The Braves 0-3 to start the year. Not how you want to start a season at all. You want to get, you know, it's okay to drop a few games early, but 0-3, tough tough for the fan base. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Major League Baseball, did they do the right thing taking the All-Star game out of Georgia? 888-760-3776. Also, Chris Coquel, and I think this is actually merciful now, is one and done on this show. <laughs> 
He's not going to be here tomorrow on day oh. two of this program. We'll explain why next. He's Chris Kokel. I'm Ken Vick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVicka and Chris Kokel. Start caffeinating now for your 9.20 Eastern Time Start National Championship game. Gonzaga going for the undefeated season, taking on Baylor. It's here on ESPN 106.3. Coverage beginning. Kokal, you run things around here. What time does it begin? Eight-ish. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you jackass. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. I actually am through uh, a cafe con leche. And uh, did you hear a white I, uh, I sounded saying that? Cafe con leche. Cafe con leche. And a Monster <laughs> Energy drink. better the second time around, I know, by the way. I know. That was embarrassing. Can I also say something I want to point out? Like, I'm leaving after the show, so you're now in charge. So you should know what time it comes on. <laughs> All right. Because after I leave, it's on you, buddy. And by the way, you can tweet at the show at, at ESPN West Palm. Uh, you are gone tomorrow. So this was the big launch. And God knows that we heard enough promos over the last week and a half uh, about this promos? show. About this endeavor. And man, am I excited about it. And my name's on it. And it's a great thing. Ken Levick Alive rolls off the tongue. The alliteration is uh, is electrifying. But good God, could we have maybe played about two million less promos in the lead up to this? No, because I decide what goes in that lineup. And it's our show. So I'm surprised we're not having promos going on now during the show. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> uh, with all of that lead up and all the build up, it, 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 it coming to this crescendo, you have decided that um, as as my partner and as the producer of this show, that one day is enough for you. You are uh, you're clocking out. You're leaving as soon as we're done, and you're not going to be here tomorrow. And my question to you is, what the hell? I'm getting my second vaccine shot, Ken. Uh, my safety is more important than your show, my friend. And so this is um, this is a PSA from Ken Levick Alive. I'll put your name on it as well. Chris Coquel, go get your uh, your vaccine. It's open to anybody 16 and over now in uh, the state of Florida. So please get your vaccine. We may have some COVID-19 vaccine news on the show actually later in the week. So uh, we'll uh, it, not nothing to do with Coquel. We'll let you know about that. But uh, you're taking the day off because you're going to get your second COVID I got my shot. first one already a month ago, 30 days, and then they, this is when they schedule it. And I tried to say, like, hey, can I get it like a day earlier? And they didn't budge. And I respect the process because I was lucky enough to get sure. one early, and I'm happy about it. And, so I, you know, to get the second one, I took the day off just in case there are some side effects. I didn't want to have me scheduled here and then me not be able to do the So wait, was there an issue the first time? And again, uh, side effects are apparently completely normal. Was there an issue after the first shot? I was just really tired, like extremely tired. Nothing bad, nothing. Are that you I sure that has nothing? It. It's just not your sedentary lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. I, I was really tired, but it wasn't <laughs> like I said, but it's because I got the shot and then tried to work straight through it. Like I didn't give myself any time to relax or do anything. So I think with the precautions of relaxing and this time I've, Drank, I'm on my fifth bottle of water, and I actually have to pee really bad right now. Um, <laughs> Too bad, kid. We got five more minutes left to go. I'm hydrating, and my 70-year-old mom has told me 47 times that if I take extra strength Tylenol, I'll be fine. Because that's her cure-all. For, I think once they came out <laughs> yeah. with aspirin was good for heartaches, like I can tell heart attacks, I got to do anything. And she'll be like, just take an aspirin. You're yeah. good. Yeah. 
Um, uh, all right, so Coquel's gone tomorrow, so we are going to bring uh, Brian McLovin Rowitz out of radio retirement. So he's going to come back on uh, tomorrow, and he'll be hanging out with us from uh, noon to one here on, uh, on on Ken Levick Alive. So that's good that we're bringing him back. I do want to ask you, though, because I haven't had a chance to, um, to, uh, to bring this up yet. It is Masters Week. And by the way, mm-hmm. I'm the host of Honda Classic Live. You can hear it Saturday mornings, 9 a.m., the only golf radio show in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, by the way. It is Masters Week, but it is also mm-hmm. WrestleMania Week ah. as well. Uh, and so I put up a poll at KLV1063. That's my personal Twitter account. What are you more excited for, Masters Week or WrestleMania Week? Uh, of the weeks that exist in this week, what are you most excited for, Masters Week or WrestleMania Week? How about you? Where do you weigh in on this, Coquel? And I'm not the avid wrestler fan that I was at different points in my life. Like, I'll check in if there's a pay-per-view and I have nothing to watch. I know they're not pay-per-views anymore, but, the, you know, the big events on Sundays, mm-hmm. I'll check in because I still have an account from a kid I stole in Forest Hill 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> Wait, you stole a, a WWE Network account from a he, high school kid? He lent it to me to watch the Royal Rumble, and, you know, I got to be prepared for every Royal Rumble now, and I still use it. How old was this student? I don't know, junior? 16. So you ripped off a 16-year-old. He lent it to me. But it doesn't mean you use it after the fact. So Why? he's still paying for it, and you're just jumping on the WWE Network account. Yeah. Well, well, it's not hurting that's not him. Okay. Why no, is that's... that not okay? He gets to watch it, too. <laughs> what do you think? Vince is missing the nine ninety nine. Vince will be all right. You have allowed someone who, when you started doing this, a, a someone who's not even legally an adult, to pay for he's your an adult now. WWE <laughs> viewing. That's really sad. That actually makes me feel badly. Why? It doesn't affect it. I can see if I was kicking him off, but it doesn't, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I actually don't know how that works. That's Probably even slows worse. Down whole so wait, are you more Masters Week or WrestleMania More wrestling, week? though, because, I don't know, golf is whatever. Unless Tiger's in the hunt, and I don't really watch as much, or well, someone local. Tiger is not going to be in the oh. hunt, because Tiger's very much not going to be I was playing also waiting the for the Masters to step up about the, the bill like baseball did. <laughs> you want him to move the Masters out of Georgia? <laughs> I was shocked when they didn't follow up. <laughs> Definitely thought that that was going to be happening. Um, and uh, speaking of, since we did mention the Major League Baseball All-Star Game moving out of Georgia, and that has upset many people, uh, as you can imagine, um, the 45th president of the United States sent out two different press releases um, about uh, how that was not okay about how that was uh, an issue, and because of that, uh, you should not go to a Major League Baseball game. You shouldn't watch Major League Baseball. Uh, We have reached out to Donald Trump's people, and we would love to have him on Ken Levick Alive to discuss his thoughts on the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. We have sent uh, an interview request as of yesterday around a 1 o'clock. Uh, a formal request uh, to the president through official channels. The former, former. president, Thank yes, uh, to 245. We have sent an interview request. Um, have we received any word back from uh, from Mr. Trump? Uh, we didn't get told no. Okay, <laughs> We didn't really get an answer yet. But that uh, request is out there. The request is in, and I'm assuming they'll get back to us soon. I was shocked he didn't jump on the show today. Well, uh, we, we would just like him to come on and talk about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. So, again, the formal interview request I mean, is he's, in. he's right down the road. I was going to say, uh, it's a home game. Stop by. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll even break protocol because we know how he feels about it. He can come in studio. That's fine. That's fine. Um, well, but yeah. when I, after I get my second shot. So, tomorrow, we'll, uh, I'll call you during the show um, just to see if we got any word back, okay? 
Sounds good. All right, excellent. All right, so Coquel's done. That's a wrap for him. Bye. Uh, he's going to go get his COVID shot. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. McLovin's going to come hang out with us. We'll have some surprises along the way as well, including Dustin Johnson, his master's menu. E. Uh, that dude's boring. We'll talk about that tomorrow with the pickiest eater of all time, Brian McLovin Rowitz. For Chris Coquel, I'm Ken Levick, and this has been Ken Levick Alive. Talk to you tomorrow on ESPN 1063.